0: The United States of America is called a Christian nation, Christian nation,
1: Christian nation.
0: It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity.
1: Faith, Faith, politics, 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 history, history, and current
2: current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The offensive coordinator for the 2023 NFC North Division champion Detroit Lions, Ben Johnson, will remain with the Lions as their offensive play caller after he declined head coaching offers from the Washington Commanders and Seattle Seahawks this past Tuesday. Johnson just completed his second campaign as Detroit's offensive coordinator in which the Lions finished third in total offense, second in passing yards, fourth in passing touchdowns, fifth in rushing yards, and first in rushing touchdowns. In 2022, the Lions offense finished fourth in total offense, 8th in passing yards, 8th in passing touchdowns, 11th in rushing yards, and 3rd in rushing touchdowns. In curling news, Team Schneider captured the British Columbia men's crown to clinch a berth in March's Canadian National Championships. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering.
0: You know, if I could get Derek and Ed, maybe Dick, we could form a Wham curling team. How are you on the ice there, Derek?
2: I'm not a very strong skater. I, I've never tried, and I, I don't think I'd be very good at it, even if I tried. You <laughs> don't, don't have to
1: skate.
0: Do we you have to skate? skate? No, you don't have to skate. You got, you got little slippers on the bottoms of your shoe that allows you just to coast across the ice.
1: Or a little fall little on the ice, or slip and fall. Yeah.
0: Oh no, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, it's okay. not figure you're skating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, controlled fall. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: uh, uh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Throwing rocks across ice. It's uh, only humans can take something like throwing rocks across ice and uh, call it a sport. <laughs> then again, uh, I don't you don't see you don't see uh, I was going to say Wolverines, but you do see Wolverines out playing sports only at the University of Michigan. But <laughs> you don't see elephants out playing sports often. I mean, I have seen them play with a ball and kick the ball around once uh, at a zoo. So uh, I guess I guess sports are inclined in all of us. So what's going to happen with Michigan, Derek? We've lost our coach. We're losing our quarterback receivers. where Where's Michigan going to be next year? What are we going to look like?
2: Well, they're going to have a brand new facelift on offense. The whole offensive line has declared for the NFL draft, and obviously J.J. McCarthy, their starting quarterback, he's going to the NFL draft, but it's going to be, there's going to be growing pains on offense, but I fully expect them to be pretty good next year. But defensively, they return a lot of the starters who played significant snaps this for this year's national championship team. So they, they definitely should be able to, the defense should be able to keep them in a lot of games next year uh, until the offense comes along. And Sharon Moore, the new head coach, he's putting together a pretty strong staff right now. So I fully expect Michigan to be highly competitive next year and possibly win their fourth straight Big Ten championship.
0: More importantly, win their fourth
2: game against Ohio State. Yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) I don't care about anything else. Just beat Ohio State and Michigan State, and I'm okay. You know? Everything else is icing.
2: Yeah, well, I I like to see them ha- have a winning record and compete for our Big Ten championship. But yeah. if it,
1: like I said, that'd, that'd be good. Yeah, if, if, if did Harbo. Yeah, go Did Harbo ahead. train his staff well enough?
2: Yeah, he 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 gave his full endorsement to Sharon Moore when he left for the L.A. Chargers, and and Sharon Moore was going to get a head coaching job at some point in the near future. So it's great that he's going to be the new head coach for Michigan, and I think he's going to be pretty darn good. He he did great last year as an acting head coach, especially against Penn State and Ohio State in two of the final three games last season against two big-time opponents, and he did pretty well for himself. So he, he's going to be prepared. Can, can I make a point on Ed's question? Harbaugh.
0: Go ahead, answer him. Harbaugh is. Can I? Can I? Huh? Can I? Can Can Harbaugh? Harbaugh trained his coaching staff. You want proof? Over about half the season last year, Harbaugh wasn't able to be on site. He had to trust his other coaches, and they did great. So, I I trust the coaching staff. It's just the new facelift on the offensive that's got me a little bit worried. What's that going to look like? So, well, we're not here to talk about sports, even though I know. when it comes to the Wolverines, sometimes it's just fun to do. Uh, so what, how many, was Fat Tuesday last week or the week before? Last week. It was last week. So how many of you went out and loaded up on Punchki, or just had, maybe had a Punchik, on Fat Tuesday, just so you could stop gluttony for 40 days? <laughs> you know, Oh. Gluttony is a sin, so I'm going to quit it for 40 days. Uh, but
1: before I quit it, I'm going to
0: go out there and just really overdo it.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I just looked it up because I noticed I didn't see anybody with ashes on their forehead, and it's actually Tuesday, February 13th. Oh, it's just because I, I I saw they were selling punchkies early. I, I, someone came in, someone dropped off a box of uh punchkies last week. Well, the Christmas displays are going up too, so there is that. Uh, yeah. In the stores? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, someone brought one in, so I, I thought it's already started, but, you know, we are coming in to uh, what I I would prefer calling Resurrection Sunday. I'm not, I mean, as long as it's always kept about Christ and not about some long hair rodent. Uh, yeah. Long ears. Um,
1: with chocolate. chocolate, with chocolate ears. Yeah.
0: It's uh As long as it's about Christ, I don't care what you call it, as long as you realize you're celebrating his resurrection.
1: I had a coworker ask me the other day, you know, when is Easter? And, and he says, and why does it move around the calendar? And I said, well, because I think it follows Passover, and that's set by the Jewish calendar, which, you know, looks for the first sighting of the new moon and blah, 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 blah. And he says, yeah, but... Either Jesus was born on a certain day and died on a certain day, or why would the dates float around? He didn't, like, die, die and rise again. Let, let you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Why isn't that a fixed calendar date? Let, let me help explain why. Please, that's why I asked.
0: Uh, well, one of the reasons, what, what I, I, as a theologian, I, I appreciate this reason. If you look at the book of Daniel's the 70, the 70 weeks of Daniel, which is please uh, do. It's a important. timeline. It's very important, and from that time, from from the time of the uh, rebuilding of the d- temple, um, The issuance Darius,
1: of the declaration to rebuild the temple, Darius's, uh
0: decree, uh, and you do a count off, you can trace it up to the exact to the exact Passover, where Christ was crucified, where it calls for the coming of the Messiah. It takes it right to the very specific Passover. Christ celebrated the the Passover dinner with his his, uh, disciples, right? So, and the Passover was all about him. If you look at the Passover, and we're gonna get into this as we get closer to uh, Easter. Matter of fact, will be something we talk about very heavily on on the Saturday before Resurrection Sunday. Uh, What the Passover actually represents and Christ makes it about him, you know, during the Passover, God.
1: That's a good thing too. It's a good thing when he makes
0: it about him. When he makes it about him, that's a good thing. When we make it about us, it's a bad thing. During the Passover, God said, do this, do this annually in remembrance of me to the Jewish. Jesus says now do this in remembrance of me, him. Right. Um, So the, the whole celebration of Passover is about the Messiah. So we keep that date because that, not just his the date of his death, and we don't, by the way, it's not the date of his death that we celebrate, it's his resurrection. I mean, we, we benefit from, we get our sins forgiven on the day he died on that cross. But Easter Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection. The celebration of the cross will be on Good Friday. So Easter is not about the death. That's a few days beforehand. Easter is about celebrating the resurrection. And it all follows through that Passover dinner that he starts with. So it's not just a one day celebration. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. We, we, we're we celebrating. Well,
1: I, fully, I fully understand the liturgical reason for it, but right. to the secular mind, they wanna look, he died on a certain day. Why don't we celebrate that day? Okay. To the yeah, secular and, mind, yeah. to the
0: secular mind where it says you must be born again, see the kingdom of <laughs> heaven. That won't make they'll say why to that. If you say if you I talk understand. about hell, they'll say why to that. They're gonna just say why to anything, right? What it's about is, is not just his death. There's a period of time there. It's the celebration of the Passover, which is about Messiah. He is he is the slain sheep, he's the lamb. Right, so we got the Passover, then we have his death where he becomes the, the suffering Messiah that we see in Isaiah and, and he's taken to slaughter as as the lamb and, uh, and then the resurrection.
1: Does Easter always follow the Passover? Aren't there times where they diverge? It should be following constantly on the Passover. But they don't. Passover's on the 15th of Nisan, and Easter is determined to be on the Sunday following the Paschal full moon date. And so they, somebody changed up there. So the whole rationale of it following we, we Passover. Followed the
0: original Paso- we followed the original Passover moon calendar. And that's why it moves. Okay. So we did diverge. Christians didn't. We still follow the Passover moon. Okay. Well, let's try and get some of our audience back. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So my question is, is um, Lent is coming up. And I know most of you know, I I grew up within the uh, Catholic Church. I I remember going through Lent and every, every, every Ash Wednesday, you gave something up for Lent. Something you knew you were doing wrong throughout your life and what you're doing out throughout the year. And you gave it up for 40 days. (laughs) my question, why only 40 days? I I understand 40 days is an important part Uh, within the Jewish calendar. You had Moses up on the hill, Mount Sinai, for 40 days. You had them wandering the uh, desert for 40 years. Uh, Jesus went up in the wilderness for 40 days. It's an important number. Uh, But Lent, what you're saying is, I know I'm doing something wrong, so I'm going to give it up but I know I can go back to it in 40 days and it'll be okay because I gave it up for Lent. And then you go right back to it. I always had a problem with that. But, you know, and I know a lot of Catholics that do and they just give it up for good because they say it's wrong. And so if I can do it, we can just keep giving it up, right? So it becomes a life, lifelong repentance. But why only a requirement for 40 days repentance? I think this is a good time of year <clears throat> that we reflect in our own lives. That I will, I will agree with. We regret, uh, we regret our sins and we re- repent of them. Um, we reflect during that time, these 40 days, as we start moving towards the celebration of what our Lord did on that cross and then what he did coming out of that tomb three days later. later. Good time to reflect on our lives. Good time to say, this is where I'm going astray. This is where I'm walking off the path that the Lord has set for me. So, these are the changes I'm going to make, not for 40 days, but these are changes I'm going to make for my life. These are areas I'm going to improve on my life. These are areas where I know I am not walking the Christian walk and I need to fix them. I think this is a good time of year to do something
1: like that. I'm seeing something here on a web page, it's a Catholic, uh, Catholic page, and they are intimating that Jesus was tempted. 40 days before Passover. I'm, I've i never looked into that. I don't know if it's just tradition or if there's any way you can, you know, prove that given certain scriptural items. But that they're is, saying that the 40 days of Lent reflects Jesus's, you know, uh, trial in the desert where he, he went, when well, he fasted, you know, and then he rejected the claims of Satan and, yeah, that stuff.
0: No, that's going to boil down. That's church tradition. So you know if that makes you feel good to put that on the calendar um i, I get we can't say it. it's not true <laughs> right
1: yeah uh so 40 days is a trial is kind of a or 40 the number 40 is a kind of a trial number does resonate in the scripture i could see why somebody might pick 40 instead of you know 60 the the jewish the jewish belief
0: even going back into to um early writings of Jewish writings, even 40 days is how much time the child has to be the womb before they consider it life. You ever heard the group 40 days for life? You know, they, they say that's hmm. where 40 days after conception is where life begins to a lot of the uh, old Jewish traditions. um, we I have you a caller I, with
1: an idea. What's that? We have a caller who has an idea about that.
0: But uh, yeah,
1: um, let's, uh,
0: let's take the caller. Who, who do we have on call?
3: Oh, Paul. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Are, you, hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I just wanted to say that you know the, the forty day um, time during Lent is you know I'm practicing Catholic and we we say you focus on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving during that time. Um, you know, it's a time to grow deeper deeper relationship to the Lord. And the fasting part is, 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 I mean, yes, you should give up anything sinful and not return to it, but it's, it's more about giving up licit things, you know, things that you are allowed to do, but you're making a sacrifice of that thing. And that's why it's only for 40 days, and that's why it's okay to go back to it after, afterwards.
4: Yeah, I, uh,
0: as you, I, I'm no longer practicing Catholic, as uh, i stated before, but I will yeah, say something about, uh, but I will say something about Lent, and I, I think this an idea where we can we can learn something from each other. Is this is a good time for reflection, and I, and I will say that this is something that I've known even the Catholics to use this time for. Most of the time, you know, uh, good I would say practicing Catholics uh, would use this time for reflection, and I and I I've got to give credit where credit's due. You know, um, it's better than. The, those who go to church every Sunday and leave church, go watch the game and uh, go to the bar and hang out and uh, get plastered. And then, uh, you know, on Friday night, you'll see them at the strip club as the moms at home, taking care of the kids.
1: I never see them at the strip club. Let's be clear. I never do. You may I was ask you I if you do, I don't No, unless, not unless me, but, <laughs> but it is, it,
0: it is a good time for us to reflect on our lives. Let's say those Christians that are coming out of the strip club. <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's also easy and say, okay, I'm born again, so I can get away with whatever I want. I don't look at being born again as a license to sin. I, I never have. Uh, but I do think there has to be times in our lives we, we should have little flares that are sent up to remind us to reflect on our lives. And I think coming into this time of the year is one of those little flares. Another one is, I, and it's still right around the same time, is New Year's Eve. Reflect on your life. Another one is your birthday. Where have I gone? Where have I come from? Where am I going? Not financially, not in your work, but in your walk in Christ. And by the way, thank you, Paul, for the call. I appreciate
1: hey, it. I'm, I'm pleased to see we haven't alienated all our Catholic listeners. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Paul. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's reflecting on your life, but I think more importantly, it's the prayer part. You know, it's getting, getting to know the Lord better and giving yourself to him more fully in your life during that time and trying to put aside things that draw you away from him in your life you know uh, one of the things i give up is is giving up i give up talk radio you know for me it gets to be a big crutch no, no, uh, so, no don't, do that. don't do that
0: we're <laughs> going to be talking we're going to be talking on the sunday befo- the saturday before
1: about the meaning yeah. of the Passover. poor choice poor, poor choice, choice. Yeah, i know May i suggest <laughs> chocolate rabbits <laughs>
3: Yeah,
1: give up yeah, the
3: chocolate rabbits. Yes, it's something that goes against our uh, you know modern uh, capitalist economy in a sense. In that word, you know, where you know you're putting that away and you're saying I'm gonna I'm gonna give this time to the Lord instead and and see what He may be trying to say to me in my in my okay. faith journey.
1: So this is gonna
0: be the last Saturday we get to hear from you, Paul. Until uh, well, you know, I'll get right. the bishop
1: to give him a special <laughs> absolution that for two hours every Saturday he can listen to your show and my show. <laughs> thanks for calling paul well,
3: all right good talking to you guys Got- yeah appreciate thanks, it
1: Gayleen, i gotta take this
0: call from Gayleen, and then we have another call right after that uh, i think we um can you uh let uh, martin know that if we have to we'll get him after the break um but he's next line. i think he
1: just heard you uh,
0: <laughs> well, i hope he did you know yeah. um uh, he, so he may need sign language. You know, I don't. <laughs> then why would he be listening to us? Yeah, there you go. Baby, give it. it up for <laughs> Lent. Don't give up the show for Lent.
5: <laughs> hey, Elaine, how you doing? Hello. So I'm glad that you decided to have this conversation because, you know, I think that people need to really think about whether they want to participate in the Lenten season celebration. And it gives them a chance to prepare for it thoughtfully and prayerfully. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like, oh, it's about giving up a sin for forty days and then picking it back up again afterwards. I really don't think that it's that. I mean, there are some people that think that is a problem, right? And and you know, they say, you know, we fast from, you know, that's why there's fish on Fridays, kind of thing from the Catholic tradition. It's not that eating meat is a sin, it's that, it's that um, you fast from something or you give up something that makes you reflect on why you're not doing it. And I have done a sugar fast in the past, not during Lent, but it was a prayer fast, and it was really hard. I mean, I was reading labels because I wasn't going to eat processed sugar, For a couple of months. Um, And it really made me, every time I was reading a label, I'm like, okay, God, I'm giving this up to you for this period of time over this issue about which I'm deeply concerned. And it doesn't have to be big, it just needs Uh, to be something like, oh, I'm just going to give up Starbucks, you know, know, for the month.
0: You know, I'm I'm pretty big and I and I, I think fasting is wonderful. My point is is why I just look for a certain period of time. <coughs> Ed
5: and I.
0: But Ed and I uh, we can call up <laughs> each other and, and pray for each other at any time of the day or night. Can't we, Ed? We we do it. We have.
1: And that's we- that's well it maybe maybe this forty days is just a good kickstart to get people into that habit. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's
5: a launching point. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a it's a it's an opportunity. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to start this during the season. And I have an issue on my heart that I'm going to keep laying before the Lord. And maybe the thing that's the Kickstarter for me is that I'm not going to have my coffee. I'm going to give up coffee for 40 days to, to help me remember to talk to God more.
1: I, Ed, what is wrong with our listeners giving up talk that's, radio and coffee? People <laughs> are going to extremes. They're religious extremists. You know, that's why the FBI is looking into these Catholics. They're religious extremists. <laughs> giving, giving up, up talk yeah. radio and giving up coffee.
5: There you so. go. Anyway, that Thanks. was it. I know you're up against the break, so I'll ring off now.
0: Thanks. Um, yeah, we'll take Ed right after the break. It's Martin. Mm-hmm. I want you to understand I'm not against... Just, I don't, rec- I don't think we should be recognizing days and seasons, so to speak. I think our walk and our prayer life and our reflection, and, and if we have something serious in prayer, I, I, I'm a firm believer in fasting. Um, I, I think it goes well with prayer when there's something so important. Even the Lord says there are times, even like he was talking about demons in this case, there's some demons you have to fast before you exercise, right? There's times where fasting and prayer work together. And should be done, but but why why wait for a season or a day? And this is this is my my problem with the uh, liturgical calendar, is you start looking at seasons and days. And uh, hey, folks, that's the music. Uh, we'll be back after these messages as we get into looking at seasons and days of the hours.
2: Pastor Richard Dietering on WHAM. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. Former San Diego State Aztecs, Oakland Raiders, and B.C. Lions football player Carl Weathers passed away at the age of 76 this past Thursday. Weathers was a member of the 1969 Aztecs team. That finished with a perfect record of 11 wins and 0 losses, plus a final ranking of 18 in the coaches' poll. Then he appeared in 8 games over the next 2 seasons for the Raiders and he concluded his gridiron career after participating in 13 games for the Lions until 1974 to embark on an acting career that included his most famous role as fictional heavyweight boxer Apollo Creed, who appeared in the first four Rocky films between 1976 and 1985. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right,
5: I'm sad and blue, because I can not do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Gimme, give gimme, give dang, thing
4: Silent Green is people! We gotta stop them
1: somehow! Oh, good. You're back. I thought the rapture happened and all the rest of us got screwed, but... Okay. I am that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get a
0: <laughs> prequel. <laughs> yeah. The problem with the prequels. I think I've just taken too much Nyquil. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome back
1: to the Catholic Hour.
0: Yeah. No. Um. And again, I'm not actually. I. Yeah. If Lent is like um, Paul was talking about, is used as a point of just reflecting and, and, and fasting. Um. I, I'm just one who the, just said, this is something we should do all year long. It's kind of like Christmas. This is something we should celebrate all year long. You know, It's uh, it, it, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But if it allows someone to reflect and straighten out their walk in Christ.
6: Well,
0: yeah. hey, we got Martin on the phone. He's been waiting a really long time. How's it going, Martin?
4: Uh, that's all right. I'm just out here practicing with my rock to kick Satan out of my home. Uh, Say that again? Look. I said, I'm out here practicing throwing my rock so that they'll knock Satan out of, my, out of the home. Old, oh. Old curling humor there. Yeah, I got it. Oh, <laughs> so my I, goodness. Now I, I, I get it. Yes. Yes. You, you I kinda, listen to I, 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 as soon
0: as he said the rocks. Okay. Yeah, we'll call them stones because, well, I'm from Canada. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, hey, how's it going, Martin? What you got?
4: Oh, just listening to you guys and... God's been speaking to me about prepping for Lent. It's not so much what you give up, it's what you do during the time. For instance, during this time, I'm looking at whether or not I'm living a life that Jesus would approve of so that I get the well done, good and faithful service. Or am I um, doing something wrong I need to correct? Uh, Such as God's been telling me this year, I need to work on Paul's race. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Some of the, some the things pace. is you're running for the prize. Yeah. Last question he asked me is, what is the prize? Are you in shape to make the run? That's more lent. Getting yourself in shape to make the run.
1: Well, you sound like you're getting yourself in shape right now by I picking up <laughs> all these rocks. Jeez, you sound out of breath. Yeah. Stones. Stones. Uh,
4: I'm, I'm also out here. Yeah. I've just completed four miles of a. 10 K mm, and I are in you know, a Bible study and he knows I'm getting ready to do a half marathon in May. So
1: do you, do you know where
0: out, the term marathon comes
4: from? Uh,
0: that's another story. We'll get into that after. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the gas station. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. no, no, it doesn't come from the gas station. Yeah, and I like that, that you're using this, this time uh, as Lent as uh, let's just say uh how do you put it a kick, kickoff point or uh ed um yeah, sure. you know a launch pad yeah um for, for the rest Next of the start. year and and that's wonderful and I, I i have little points like that throughout my year that are a reminder to do just that um and, and it's it's good that there are people that will take this time of a reflection more serious than others i remember uh growing up uh lent was yeah it was okay the what I got to do for Lent is I got to stop eating meat on Fridays. Back when I was a kid, uh, it was no meat at all on Fridays <laughs> at all. As a matter of fact, there was no meat during Lent when I was a kid, um, at least in our in our parish. No meat. My, at, good, friend,
1: oh. My and, good friend, Nate Weiser, who was was Jewish while he was alive, uh, he was always fasting from something called bacon. And it just it just was amazed me that somebody could do that. You know, that's that's a real fast. And he did that year long, year after year. But he also told me about something that is a Jewish concept called a mitzvah. And and the word means commandment, but in the Jewish community, it means a good deed. Yes. And so he had to perform three mitzvahs a day. So to my mind, as a Jew, he was living Lent.
0: Yeah, you know, there's actually a, 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 and Martin, thank you for your call. Um, there's actually a blessing that they use in, in Israel with pomegranate. It says, may your mitzvahs be like the pomegranate, the seeds of a pomegranate. Um, if you ever look at pomegranate, you open it up. It's uh, full of seeds. It says, may, may, your, may your God-driven mitzvahs, good deeds, be plentiful as the seeds of a pomegranate. Basically, that's how it goes. Yeah, I like that.
1: I like that. Yeah. And of course, seeds bring you return. Yes. More pomegranate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty neat. But,
1: uh, and
0: I I hope as we approach this resurrection, I mean, let's face it, we all use Resurrection Sunday for us to reflect where we are anyways yeah. in our relationship with Christ. Um, But uh, I problem i've always found with people who get caught up with days and i've seen this happen with christmas i've seen this happen with all saints day i've seen this happen with with easter i've seen this happen with uh a lot of birthdays days celebrated <laughs> celebrated uh to to that started out as celebrations for god that has been so secularized it's no longer about that even within the churches themselves that uh like i was saying as a kid it was about uh giving up the chocolate or giving up this don't eat meat during lent uh we had a very strict parish i mean not just fridays it was throughout um and uh give up something uh other than just meat uh that was the fasting point then it was you know reflect and give up something uh that you find important in your life and break away from that during lent and and it became more about the actions than the reason that makes sense
1: well, sense and, of
0: works. Yeah. And so it works. So uh, and that has that always been my fear with anything where people get in this literal religious habit that
1: I do it religiously. Stop doing that, <laughs> because that means <laughs> uh, you really don't put a lot of thought to it. Right. Um, well, I used to change the oil in my car religiously. I'd burn incense and, you know, dim the lights. I'm going to
0: burn you at the stake. I'm going to you deserve to be burned at the stake. I'm just saying. It. Hey, rare. Hey, Mike, we got Mike on the call, a phone. I think we got Mike on the phone. Right. Oh, there you are, Mike.
3: Hey, guys, uh, the Catholic uh, religion is all about suffering. Uh, suffering is the number one thing about the Catholic religion. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about suffering. I've never heard anything in the the Bible or anything about suffering. What do you guys think about that?
0: Uh, thank you for calling, first of all, uh, Mike, and I appreciate that call. Uh, actually, we I don't think the Catholic Church is all about suffering. I, I, I really don't see that. And I came within inches of becoming a priest. Um, I, I never thought about being suffering. Uh, however, I think they, they do have these points of penance where they, you have to reflect on it.
1: Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Ed. You just, well, I can see where somebody would get that, uh, impression given that, uh, say on Good Friday, you do the stations of the cross and you're always looking instead of a, a, a crucifix, you're looking at a crucifix instead of a cross where Jesus is hanging there instead of no longer on there. But that's it. That's a simple right. point, but yeah, yeah, it's always about giving up something. It seems with yeah. within the Catholic but, Church, well, having been more, one,
0: it's more of a, a of, of a faith of works, as you pointed out. Um And but I, as far as suffering goes, Paul tells us we're going to suffer. Paul tells us we're going to go through trials and tribulations. I mean, it's not like we go out of our way to put ourselves in the trials yeah. and tribulations. There's a difference there.
2: <laughs> Just okay? wait
0: for it; it's coming. <laughs> Wait for it. It's coming. It's not a case where, well, I'm a good Christian, so I'm going to throw myself into the pit of lions. No, don't do that. That's stupid. It's
1: like throwing yourself
0: into the Detroit River in a box. Wait, never mind. I've done that. Um,
1: (laughs) 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 But uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, but you know there are there are uh, Catholics that uh, go to extremes like self-flagellation. You know, they'll beat themselves with a whip or or deny themselves something because they think they're not good enough. And and they're trying to do this atonement thing by works of the flesh and sometimes well, carry to extremes.
0: Let's let's that, just be fair. That's not just within the Catholic Church. That's really heavy with a lot of the uh, more orth, what, what large capital O Orthodox churches, not the little. O, OK,
1: the o, I lump them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, that also are very heavy in, into such uh, actions. But, you know, it's like if you're going to be a martyr for the faith, great. But don't go out of your way trying to be a martyr for the faith. Try to do the work that the Lord has given you and just do that. And if being a martyr is the end result, I pray that the Lord gives you strength to face it. But you don't go out of your way like just a martyr went out of his way. Why we call it martyr, went out of his way to kill for the faith, you know. Uh, But I I I really want my wife. This conversation started out as my wife's uh, idea last night. And I thought about it. And the more I thought about it is, you know, I kind of like the idea of having people reflect on their
1: walk with Christ, if that's what they're doing. But speaking of, of it, speaking of suffering, Joe is on the phone.
0: Oh, yeah, I was trying to, again, I say, try not to throw yourself into the lion's den. And what do you do? You bring the lion's den to me. Now we got to take it. Uh, Let's all suffer.
6: (laughs) I I heard what you did there, Ed, and I won't forget (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Yes, you will. (laughs) You're older than me. You'll forget it. That was a very
6: good segue jab, my friend. Very good. I owe you one now. Okay. But uh, anyway, yeah, you struck a nerve when you said uh, secularization and, that, you know, the days uh, have been more about the actions than the remembrance of the actual reason why we do them. And I think I immediately go to Christmas, and I have no problem with teaching children the notion of Santa Claus bringing presents, because it can be a great later lesson then in life when they start questioning that, yes, God is real, Santa Claus is not, but Santa Claus is based on St. Nicholas, the real Nicholas. So, you can use these things if you do it properly, like Easter for the kids all about the chocolate rabbit. But as long as you use these as life lessons to the reality to which they are anchored to, they can be a good thing. But you're right. Most couch Christians, I call them, it's all just about like Regular secular holidays. Hey, a mattress sale. Hey, a three-day barbecue weekend.
0: So, let me ask you. Well, I didn't want to get into this whole Christmas conversation, but we can for a short time. So, I've heard the argument before. Use Saint Nick as a as a lesson. Um, how about you just use God as the lesson, and uh, that. We got a loving God and what he's done for us and the gift he gave us, which is death on the cross. Uh, and if you want to, and I teach, I taught my kids very early on about St. Nicholas and I taught them the truth. When you run across a heretic, punch them. Because that's what Nicholas is known for. Is He he punched out Arius for his view on Arianism, which is why it's called Arianism. Arianism. Um, he, he he tried to deny the deity of Christ and, and, and Bishop Nicholas didn't take it well. So he... Gave, gave gave Arians a little smackdown. That's what he's known for. But why 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 you have to go through and uh, why, I understand making up folk tales that. and everything else makes make a moral moral con, concept. But when I'm talking about a loving god it is so wonderful for me to tell them that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. What does it mean that he gave him to us? He came here to pay for our penalty for our sins, the penalty of our sins on the cross. That is the most wonderful gift anyone can give. And, and I mean, so give that lesson, and it speaks wonders. I'm not against the Christmas tree. I am not. I mean, I know Luther using the Christmas tree as uh, points of light and everything else. But if you want a lesson, how about the lesson of a loving God that came to this well, earth?
6: Well, my Keep friend, you let me your answer your why. A parenting thing, a human nature thing. You don't hand a child war and peace. You read them Dr. Seuss. So you can do both at the one side, both at the same time, or one or the other, or whatever. Whatever works for you, I'm all for keeping and bringing them into faith. But a two-year-old, a three-year-old, sometimes is just not able or going to be ready to handle those lessons. You deal in Dr. Seuss until they're ready to handle war and peace. Okay,
0: what if you you do this point is, you know what? Because God loves me so much and he is my father and he loves me so much, my little two-year-old, my child that I love very much, I am going to show you the same kind of love that my Father God has shown me, and I'm going to give you a gift. I can't give you a gift like the one he's given me, but I can give you a gift that will show you that I am willing to go out of the way to do something special for you. And by the way, I've seen— that would be great. That would
6: be wonderful. I don't see most people— going that far or being that thoughtful enough to do it. So I'm just saying I'm not advocating one or another way. Sometimes, you know, parenting can be hard, and uh, bringing someone up in the faith can be hard, and whatever tool you think is going to be good for you and your family, you do it as long as you're indeed involved in the body of Christ.
5: All
0: right.
6: Got it. All right, brother. Okay. Is that Thank a you. fair statement?
0: Well, I, I am a firm believer of Aristotle's statement. When he mm-hmm. said Oh. Aristotle's statement. Oh, okay. He said all non-Greeks should be slaves. No, not that part. <laughs> 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 not that. What's the other part he said? Oh yeah, the other part he said. He says it is the it, it, it's the mark of an intelligent mind that can entertain a thought and not accept it. And so I'm going to leave that.
6: <laughs> <There>. Amen, <laughs> brother. Okay. Exactly my point here. All yeah. right. Love you both. Take care. God bless.
1: Yeah. That leaves the corollary. We can agree to disagree, right? So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and but plus, I have to consider the source. <laughs> so, you know, uh, we love Joe here. We do. Um, do. Do we have another caller online? Oh, okay. Uh, I thought I heard. Oh. Sorry, was somebody correcting me on my phone. Uh, so, <laughs> I get that a lot. Sorry, Daryl, I'll fix it later. Um,
1: <laughs> the, well, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, once again, I think the notion of Lent, and we are, of course, a bit premature on this, but people are preparing the notion of Lent as a time of sacrifice, of course... Kind of precludes the whole. Let's let's have Fat Tuesday and really pig out to get ready for this time that we're going to deny ourselves, you know. But if Look you're looking at in Lu- Louisiana, just- oh yeah, yeah, Mardi you know? Gras, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, okay.
1: It's it's a, it's Bacchanalia to celebrate some holy event that's coming up. It just makes no sense whatsoever. And I'm not saying that's a Catholic thing. Don't we are no, not that's conflating. Not,
0: that's, no, that's not.
1: But I, I know not a Catholic we are not conflating that. However, the concept of taking a period of time of your life and making a sacrifice during this time, there's nothing wrong with that. And it, it helps you as a person, but I don't know that it helps you. I hate to think people think that it gains them brownie points in heaven. You know, you don't get a, a bigger crown, you don't get a, a better address, a better subdivision on the Golden Streets. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't work like that. And it, it doesn't earn you less days in purgatory.
0: Um, no, that, that, that's a conversation for, <laughs> a day, for uh, so, <laughs> well, I want to go there, but we, yeah, all...
1: sorry about that.
0: <laughs> um, I, I, uh. I had a wonderful priest once. I guess this is how I'm going to handle it. I was an altar boy, and I, I was very lucky. I the, the priest growing up that I had as an altar boy was a wonderful, wonderful man. And um, he broke away from the liturgical. I know I've told this story before on air, but I'll tell it again. Uh, he, he went away from the liturgical calendar one day. My dad wasn't all too happy about it and kind of took it out on me on the ride home because I was the altar boy that day. Like, I can keep the priest in check here. So why didn't he do this, right? Um. And uh, so you get, get an answer. And when I asked him, uh, he was very clear. He, he said, uh, "Richard, whenever you come up and uh, ask me a question about theology, what do I do?" And I said, "Well, you answer." He said, "How do I answer?" I said, "Well, you take me to the Bible, which is very unique, by the way. I didn't know it at the time. But very unique.
1: Um, There's more but, than one that do that
0: too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I said." He says, well, how do I answer? I said, you go to the Bible and show him in the Bible. And he says, okay, I'm going to answer your question this way. And he goes to the Bible, he opens up the Acts, and he shows me the passage about the Bereans, searching everything that they've been taught by the apostles to see if they were true. And they searched the scripture to see if what they were taught were true. They didn't search tradition. They didn't search the Mishnah. They didn't search any other writings. They searched scriptures to find out what they were taught that was true or not. And he says, and they were called more noble. And I said, well, okay, that's a really interesting story. That's really nice. What does that have to do with you not following the mass of the assumption? And he says, I'm trying to be more noble. I kind of took that as an answer. Didn't quite understand the answer for a lot of years. But what he was telling me was, I can't find it in scripture. <laughs> you know, and uh, so... And it all boils down on how you look at scripture. And there's a lot of a lot of people look at it different ways. The translations, I and mean, people, I'm tired of people saying, Oh, there's all the translations are different. No, they're all pretty much right along the same words. It's how you how you interpret, not how you translate. It's how you interpret it. And there's some that interpret it that the Bible is a good life story, but it's just an old Jewish book, it's not to be taken literal. And um so you grab the morals out of it, but you don't take it literal. There are there are that's one way of looking at the Bible. There's those that take it like Ed and I that it's the inspired word of God and it's infallible and it's to be taken literally. Yeah,
1: and not just to shoot at Catholics, you know, for for traditions and extra biblical beliefs, but you know, I I know of certain evangelical uh, circles that have you know they have their own things that are going on that are. Oh, wow. I, not to mention snake handling, you know, but uh, their own uh, um, beliefs about what they think the Bible says that it really doesn't mention. And I, I've heard it in church before. Oh, if you don't tithe, you know, you'll go to hell. Like, where do you get that from? I don't see that anywhere in the Bible.
0: Actually, you know? if you actually do a historical word of the tithing, uh, we as Christians are supposed to be giving free yes, giving everything. The-
1: Right, uh, it's not a tithing. Keep everything. I give everything and keep what he gives us to keep. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's free will giving, as what what I will say. Uh, tithing was actually meant for the uh, for the Levitical priests. Mm-hmm. So not us. We we give from the heart, folks. It's been wonderful. We'll be back next week. Maybe next week we'll talk about the coming civil war.
1: Listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio.